Welcome to the Fair's Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we're sharing another quick Q&A episode with Father Jeff Langan. Before we dive in, a little reminder, if you have something you'd like him to answer, you can submit those questions using our email address, info at ferrisloveshrine.org, or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. Here's this week's question. With the Easter season quickly approaching, how can I take advantage of this time to bring my children back to the faith? I'd like to say something about how to help your children both remain in the faith or if they've maybe gone away a little bit, uh, how to help them start to come back. And also at the same time, maybe within, even within the context of speaking a little bit about the importance of Easter and why we, why we in Lent are preparing for Easter and what we're preparing for at Easter. And if I could start out with just a little anecdote that a couple years ago, there was a student here who was baptized and he had grown up in a rural part of the country. And when he finally came to the university, he met some Catholics and they helped him understand the faith and he knew at some he knew on some level that he thought maybe his parents were Catholic, and so he was interested in the faith. He had never really heard much about it. So the parents, the, the children, basically, or sorry, the, the students, his fellow students, they helped explain the faith to him. And eventually, one year in his under undergraduate days, he asked to be baptized, and so he was baptized at the Easter vigil. And around the events of the Easter vigil, his his parents actually came. And he introduced me to his parents during during the Easter vigil, or right at the at the appetizer at the or the reception after the Easter vigil. And during the reception, he said to me something to the effect of, "Well, why don't you explain to my parents some intellectual debate?" And I kind of made a little bit of a joke out of it, and I said, "Well, you know, I don't know if this is the best place if they want to really hear about these intellectual debates." And but, but his mom actually said to me, no, 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 say it, explain it, because we've heard so many things this week, we just don't understand, and it gives us hours of speaking with our son afterwards, so go ahead, explain everything. So I explained this little debate, and then the next day, there was another reception, another little appetizer party, and I ended up sitting next to the, next to the parents at this other appetizer, and Another student who was baptized, this, this Asian fellow who was baptized, he came up to me and he, he showed me an Easter, a colored Easter egg. And he said, uh, he said, Father, look at this. I have a colored Easter egg, right? Isn't that cool? And I said, well, you know, if this was my Polish family growing up, we would have had an Easter egg contest, right? See who could crack whose egg. And I would have pulled out my egg and we would have had a little contest. And and then at this point, the the... the the mother of the fellow who was baptized, her eyes lit up and her face lit up, and she said, an Easter egg contest, right? That's a Polish custom. I grew up in a Polish Catholic family. We used to always have these contests. And then she also said, like, and that's the first thing I've understood all weekend. (laughs) But then we had a great two-hour conversation about Easter customs, Polish Easter customs, and different things that we, we you baked it Polish families bake at Easter and different little mannerisms and whatnot and you know by the end the parents were talking about maybe they would go back to church right maybe they would go back to their mass and I'm I'm sure that that their parents if they're in heaven are looking down on that with with a lot of happiness and 
I think it's important if, just thinking about Easter here, I think number one, it's important if our children, if your children (laughs) are not practicing anymore. Something I've seen in, in people who have come back to the faith after not practicing for a while, that one of the things that's really helped them and it's really helped them to maybe even approach their parents in getting explanations of things eventually, is to just be normal, right? Just be, like this one fellow I know who came back to the faith after being away for a long time and not living maybe the most upright life, he said one of the things that his parents knew that he was not on the up and up, but they just they just acted very normal about it. They, they, they would call him on the phone and they would say, hey, I'm, I've done my Easter duty. I've gone to confession. I've received our Lord and Blessed Sacrament. They would send him little miraculous medals when they traveled. They, they, would, they would encourage him they, you know, at least once a year to remember to go to confession. And these may seem like small things, and I'm sure on the inside that they wanted to do more than that, but they at least just they almost acted like he wasn't even away from the faith that much. And they just kept explaining it, explaining what they would do. Kind of living a little bit what St. Peter says, always be ready to give an explanation of the hope you have within you. <clears throat> and I know in, the, in one case of, this, of someone that came back to the faith, that when he finally had that experience, and the experience was the death of someone that was very close to him, when he finally had that experience of mortality, that led him to start asking questions about the faith again and getting explanations for things because his parents kept the lines of communication open and also because they were just very simple in communicating that they were doing this or they were doing that or they sent him a postcard from a CC or whatnot. He would just go to them and ask questions. And even that that period took six months to a year where, to, where he finally kind of made his confession and came back to the church, right? That... Just that normal way, you know, treating people like they're normal, exercising uh, a, a relationship based on friendship, you know, having the having the relationship be one of friendship, that leaves the lines open for when grace starts to work in the soul. And I think the other side of that is that what obviously what you see when you see people convert at the Easter vigil when they get baptized or when they're received into the church and by the way right now the university where I'm working there's over 40 students and young professionals who are going to be baptized or confirmed or received into the church this this coming Easter vigil but I think when when you see this happening and I think this this brings us back to why we are all living Lent the purpose of living Lent, the purpose of living the Lenten disciplines, is to get us ready for the Easter vigil. It's, get, it's to get us ready for Easter. <clears throat> and it's to get us ready for Easter where we are going to renew our baptismal promises. And we're, we're going to become aware, uh, once again, of the reality of what baptism does for us, of what grace does for us, and the importance of grace working in the soul. And... There's many things we could say, but I think one thing to focus on, maybe just for the sake of this conversation, is that when someone is baptized, right, baptism is a principle of attraction to grace. There's many things that happen because of baptism. Right? When we're baptized, we're reborn, our spirit is recreated, 
as children of God. We start to participate in the divine nature. The image of God is now within us. We now have the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity in our soul. And the Holy Spirit is now active in our soul. He's calling us. And it's important to remember this, that right, someone who's not baptized or someone who maybe has, is not fully living their baptism, both of those individuals, both of those characters, they still have, they're, they're not lost completely, right? They, they still have, everyone who's created has a, a principle within him that leads him to desire what is good. Everyone that's created has something within him that leads him to want to know the truth, to want to know God. And even someone that's, that doesn't fully know their faith or is not fully living by it at any given moment, that desire, they still have that desire within them to know the truth and then to live according to the truth, to live charity. And in a way, right, especially someone who's baptized, their conscience is reminding them constantly of there's a way that we need to live, right? There's a way that you need to live. And the conscience and the grace of the Holy Spirit is always working on the person. So it's important. I think that gives us great confidence. Even though we understand there's a, in every soul, there's a great drama, a great potential drama. But it should give us great confidence that, well, the one who's received baptism, there is a principle of grace operating in the soul. <clears throat> and when we are engaged in our own Lenten disciplines, it's so that we become better at, we become more aware of the gift of baptism. And we have to remember, too, that like when our Lord speaks about grace, right? when he's speaking to the Samaritan woman, he says, well, if you come to me, right, a, a fountain of water, a fountain of living water will start bubbling up within you. <clears throat> and that's awesome. But he also then says at the Feast of Tabernacles, a few chapters later in the Gospel of John, he also says, well, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And from his side will flow gushing rivers of water. Right? So there's also growth, potential growth in grace. So baptism is like a fountain that gets opened up. And it can just bubble, but it could also become a torrent of grace flowing out, flowing through the soul into the world. And <clears throat> that helps us, on the one hand, when we are engaged in these Lenten disciplines, it's to get us ready to try to go from just becoming that bubble of grace, that, that bubbling fountain of grace, to an instrument to a vessel of grace to, through which rivers of grace are flowing. And then also that, well, it's always, let's say a, a fountain can get blocked, but it's, all, it's always possible for it to be reopened. Right? And of course, every soul we meet, baptized or not, God wants that fountain to be opened and to start flowing. And it's baptism that does it. But also it's baptism that we can call on. Right? We can call on the graces from our baptism. In, in not only in our own struggles, but also in helping others. So uh, we should never give up hope. And I think Easter is a great time for us to remember to never give up hope in praying for the conversion of those around us, whether it's to be baptized or to renew their own baptismal commitments. And that kind of hope should lead us, I think St. Josemaria would, would especially say, to lead us, right, to really emphasize friendship with those around us especially in our family, right? Because it's through that friendship that they will come to once again rediscover and appreciate 
the graces that they have available to them in baptism. 